0: I don't even know what I've lost track of all knowledge. It just kind of swirls around and little bits kind of drop. You know, it's the specific gravity of any particular thought is what drops it into my head. And then the next one has nothing to do with the first one. And boom, just kind of how my day is going so far.
1: What gravity is? uh,
0: I'm not sure. What's the
1: coin dropping right now?
0: Oh well songwriting lyric writing and you know that what i was saying before about you can't generally you got to use your own words use your own words to say what you want to say don't reach for something that you know you've heard before or something like that i mean that's a nice way to learn how to write songs um because it connects you with phrasing. and I got myself a cup of coffee here and I'm gonna take me a sip. All that kind of stuff and how these things work. But you don't want to put out a song that's, ah, you know, slapped together like that. And I hear way too many songs that are just, you know, phrases that we know already slapped together. And anybody who cr- creates a song that is uniquely their own, and, you know, this goes back to the, you know, the more specific you are, the more universal you are. So yeah. write, write your own words. Anyway, that's what I was thinking about, Diana. That was what dropped into my head just before, just then. The last one that I remember before that was, um, had to do with women's soccer. So, <laughs> you, see, you see what I'm saying? These Is this a long,
1: are... cold open bill? <laughs> <laughs>
0: well, it's becoming one. I, I didn't intend it to be when I began. You asked the damn question. <laughs> uh, what are you gonna do? But it's nine thirty-nine a.m. Saturday, January the twenty-eighth, twenty twenty-three. I'm Bill.
1: I'm Diane. It's
0: the Bill and Diane show. Doo, 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 doo. and Associates.
1: Well, we've been having a lovely morning discovering, or I had already discovered this song yeah. that I don't think I had heard before I was listening to Patty Griffin this weekend.
0: Because? Because. Well, we heard Judy Kaplan sing yeah, this song. Yeah,
1: we went to wonderful concert of three um, performers. Yeah. And we almost forgot about it. Uh, That was the really weird thing. It was sort of like... That's true. Because we... I don't... Sometimes you lose track of what day it is or You know what I think we
0: need, Diane? We need a central... uh, We should put a little dry erase board up on the fridge or something like that. So that which one... The one of us that remembers... Yeah. Writes it down. Here's what's happening today that we don't want to forget. I've already
1: got something we can use, so I'll... I'll, uh... We should start doing that, yeah. but um, because <laughs> because you know it may even be on your calendar. Yeah, but
0: it's like you don't. You're not you're, thinking about what day it is anymore. Yeah,
1: so so fortunately, yeah. Bill came down and said, Diane, we were going to go to this concert tonight. <laughs> I was like, oh man, and so I had and this to was like of, you know
0: this was like an hour before we yeah. needed to leave
1: to get there. I was just like, okay, let's let's get it together here. Yeah. And I'm
0: glad we went. I
1: mean, it was really a pleasure. It was Mike pleasure. Buckman
0: and, and uh, Judy, and I don't remember the third guy's name. Because uh, I'd never seen him before. And he was kind of, he was uh, he was there to, to play uh, pedal steel guitar for Mike. And they'd been rehearsing together, and it sounded really good. Was that good.
1: Art Frankel? Yeah, I
0: think that might have been it. I'm sorry. I should have, I should have known that coming in. But anyway... It was a good show. We enjoyed ourselves immensely and got to see some people. And, and
1: uh, it was the same as we've talked about before. It's just lovely to be in a situation where people are are together and um of that at that concert the highlights for me were uh, and I'll mention Judy's highlight next because it has a lot to do with why I was listening to Patty Griffin. But I loved it when uh, everyone sang the Grateful Dead song.
0: Yeah.
1: What song was it? <laughs> well, it
0: wasn't a Grateful Dead. It was a oh, Bob Dylan song. Oh,
1: a Bob Dylan song. But
0: the Grateful Dead did a version of it. and I'm trying to remember now. Man, I'm, my brain. See, Diane? I know.
1: It's, it's a Swiss cheese kind of situation right yeah
0: but i mean give me something about the song and jeez it's right here in the front of my head somewhere uh, it's a good song uh, doesn't have the word buckets in it anymore does it
1: boy i do not know mm. see this these are the, the problems i was not very familiar with the song so that was part of my issue But I just loved it because everybody was singing the song and yeah, because we all know it
0: except for when we need to remember. (laughs) You know, on the show, we'll put it in the notes, get the comments somewhere if we once we remember. But uh, yeah, it was a good night. I'm glad we.
1: But Judy uh, Kaplan usually. uh, She doesn't sing does she sing anything has she written anything i don't don't know
0: that she's written anything
1: but she has a really wonderful taste in choosing songs to perform that's why i
0: think she and steve norris go so well together in my mind because they're both they they find songs that they can really do well you know and uh which is which is a unique kind of talent and I appreciate it more and more because, you know, finding songs that work for your voice and your sense of presentation is is an art unto itself.
1: She sang the song Useless Desires by Patty Griffin. And I remembered, and I hadn't heard this song in, I don't know, at least a decade, maybe two decades. Um, But I loved that song. Mm when it first came out and, or not when it first came out but when I first heard it yeah. I have no idea when it first came out but it caused me to look up the song and, uh, and while I was making soup one day I just listened to a bunch of Patty Griffin's uh, albums and The notable thing to me as I was listening to it is that she sings a lot of songs that are filled with sorrow. And I was thinking about how, how luscious it is to listen to songs that when somebody really performs them well of sorrow, even when you are not feeling sorrow, that was the thing that I, I kept thinking, here I am. In a relationship that is just the best possible friendship, romantic relationship in the world for me. And
0: yada, yada, yada.
1: And yada, yada, yada. And yet I'm listening to this sorrowful song about sort of a failed relationship or uh, many songs in that kind of vein and just loving it. And I was thinking how funny it is because it's almost like you, all of us have to experience the whole emotional gamut to really experience life. So when you realize how wonderful all these songs are, you realize that it's partially because experiencing that emotion even though it may be painful at the time and mm-hmm. you're not enjoying it at the time it has a, a sweet sting to it as yeah. uh, one of the I I remember this movie quote that was talking about to have, lo- to mm-hmm. have loved a woman and then lost her ah, f- you know enjoy the pain it's got that sweet sting to it and I feel like um I just was so enjoying hearing these songs and not even feeling them in the same way that I have felt them in my life. Yeah. But the other what uh, the other things that were going through my mind were um, what incredible voice Patti Griffin has yeah. how I so appreciated the way that the albums were produced by really putting her voice in front. Yeah and yet having impeccable instrumentation Mm -hmm. in the back. And um, I just thought how well produced all these albums were. Um, And my third thought was, oh, I've got to play Bill some of these songs. Mm -hmm. And we hadn't really had a chance. Your thoughts
0: are coming in in a nice sequence, the specific gravity it kind of builds on itself. I like that. (laughs) <laughs> I should try to cultivate more of that in my mind uh,
1: I don't know okay. I like the way your mind works
0: right. or doesn't as the case may be
1: I think it's because you're a poetry mm. that you write poetry and I write prose you know prose is you have a, it's more a it's more yeah, it's like a thesis you're, right. and you're detailing the things this right. this 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 right. so I yeah, don't well, want Well, the,
0: the sweet sting I mean continuing that I think it's I think that the reason that or the purpose of self-awareness in our brains which is you know fairly unique on the planet the purpose of that or or our duty to that is to keep expanding our experience outward and you know being aware of all of it all the time to where when you get into a sweet spot like we're in uh, you almost need to remind yourself of sorrow just to keep it in your...
1: Pardon me, I'm going to drink of coffee. ...field
0: of vision. <laughs> yeah. You know, because it, it's... you, boy. If it's not here now... It's good coffee. It's probably going to be back, you know. And it, it just seems like it doesn't make sense to try and protect yourself from emotion. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't make sense to do that because I think, you know, if... If in getting older you have a sense of wisdom, it's because you've, of what you've experienced, you know. Um, I don't feel stupid as an old person. Yeah. Although in, in the mainstream culture, I am not, I am, you know, marginalized, to put it nicely. Um, that doesn't mean I'm stupid. I know I'm not stupid because I've experienced more than younger people have. And I've been uh, to whatever degree, whether just because of the way I, my genetics work or whatever, I've always let all of it in. Yeah. You know,
1: I love that about you. Well,
0: I mean, I I don't see, I don't know how to turn it off. I don't know how to make it not happen. So.
1: Well, and it is uh, even exemplified by some of the uh, the discover other discoveries I've made this week. Uh, a couple of them. Uh, to, to expound upon the point. One of them is, uh, I've been listening to some David Sedaris this week, and I just love David Sedaris's yep. readings. Yep. He's so wry and witty, but also includes a lot of um, pathos in yeah. his stories. But one of the things that I always, you know, is just speaking about full range of experience. Um, David Sedaris has no problem representing himself as selfish or Mm -hmm. um, or miserly or uh, any of these things that we may actually feel about our own lives but don't want to say because it isn't representing yourself in the best light Mm -hmm. and I was noticing that I was because the one story I was listening to was one where a Kind of eccentric family. Although his own family was very eccentric too, um, was coming around for Halloween, a day late, and uh, and was and was asking for Halloween candy. They said, "Oh, we're we're a little, little late on this," and the mother is saying, "Oh, well, um, sure, we'll get the candy." And the kids already know that there's no candy, so they know they have to get from their own store of candy whatever uh whatever they want to to uh give to these other kids and then he was just representing himself in a totally horrible light the whole story it was it was actually quite funny and quite uh revealing and i just thought oh my god what a wonderful thing because we all have moments of selfishness and, uh-huh. and, you know, to have somebody represent that. So that's another, uh, experience. But the other thing that has happened this week is I through a uh, Nils Peterson, who has become our poetic friend. Yes. Um, he sends out a, an email
0: He's got an email list that he sends. List,
1: yeah, that he sends his writing to. And I think the people on it are people who are also people who like to write because he often gives you almost like a little assignment about thinking about something. But he was mentioning in one of the the emails that he sent around that he had posted, or not posted, but uh, had published this uh, three essays in a book that he said were uh, writers over 60 it's an anthology it was an small, anthology. Small anthology and he he didn't remember the name of it and yeah. i uh, i did some sherlock holmes um, searching as as you ever did. because it's my you know my thing it's, yeah, it's what you do and uh found this one book that i thought sounded like it might be it uh did and... you start
0: with nils's name is that how you No,
1: write? i i actually just i started with writers over 60 on yeah. um on old age and death which is what he was saying and uh immediately came up with this book called what falls away is always and uh so then i wrote to nils and said it's a good title it is it's some wonderful wonderful title and i wrote to nils and said uh you didn't mention the name of the book is this i've already ordered this book because if it isn't the one that you're speaking of it still sounds really interesting um but i was just wondering if you remembered the name and he said (laughs) he said and he even said." You were quite the Sherlock there, um, because I couldn't remember the name of the book and I couldn't lay my hands on it in the house. So I'm so glad you remembered the or that you found the name. I've only read his portion of it and the first, the first essay, which is actually an introduction to the whole book, and I read that to you aloud, and uh, it always it's already causing all sorts of thoughts. For me and so we're still expounding on the idea that as as you age you've had so much experience that you're drawing upon and these writers uh, the observations they make are so thought-provoking and they really just hit me in the sweet spots of my mind that really generate more thoughts about what they're writing about. And I so appreciate that. And that's one of the things I love about getting the chance to experience aging. I know a lot of people get very nervous about it, but I just feel like, wow, for a person who does like to let in all experiences, you said. It's the most amazing time of life to really uh, make the associations between everything. Uh, yeah. um, it, and
0: just enlarge in, in your collection. Yeah. You know, it's like, it's a gathering of of moments, you know. Oh, shit. Okay, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I, Why? I was trying to say something that's already been said 12 different ways, so.
1: It doesn't matter.
0: It does matter. Say though. it again. No. I will not. Okay. Yes.
1: I do love the the fact that at this point in your life you have so many experiences you could have this experience linking to this experience linking to this experience linking to this experience, to this experience and you're just I so. think it, it it
0: it one of the benefits of it is that you tend to laugh more. Yeah. Because life is funny.
1: Oh my gosh! And, yes, know,
0: and it's sad, funny, and sweet, funny, and But it's, I mean, that one of the things about these really good songs is that there's a sense of humor in them, as well as a sense of poignancy, and uh, uh, and the the human self-awareness is right out front, you know. So that's what I like about Dave Carter's songs is that his humanity is. Way out there, you know. And before anything else, you're hearing his song, you're hearing his words, you know.
1: Well, and one of the the emails that Nils had sent around had asked a question or sort of presented the idea that he is so, um, so, I, I don't know whether "fond" is the right word, but he really loves to write. And he really loves the idea, as he said, of people eavesdropping on his thoughts, yeah. and that he was hoping, he he actually imagines some reader almost looking over his shoulder and reading his thoughts, and, um, and I wrote back to that and said, oh, we are definitely eavesdropping on your thoughts. You know, none of your thoughts are are lost. Yeah. And but when he wrote that, I realized that. That's the thing I love about art is art of any sort, writing or painting or it's just all somebody saying, here's a little view into my mind and um, I want to share it with you. And all of us may think, oh, well, what I'm doing isn't that special, but what whatever you're doing is if you even have one person eavesdropping, so to speak,
2: mm-hmm.
1: who actually has a resonance with it, that is incredible and yeah. and I feel like there's so many people that i you know thousands millions of people that I'm eavesdropping on at any given time, you know yeah. Um, and I just love that connection that we all have and the ability for us to help each help reveal some experience of humanity that we have and enjoy what others have to, to think about it because none of our experience, that's why I love what you first said. Uh, and we've talked about this before. For you as a songwriter, but also Kat, who I'm going to be talking today to date. Uh, I'm going to get a chance to talk today to. with Kat. Kit.
0: Kat. Ert, nerd.
1: That, that sentence went a little astray. <laughs> but um, <laughs> it kind of meandered around to the right thing. Um, I still remember having a conversation with Kat when I was interviewing her actually. Mm-hmm. And she was saying that the first songs that she wrote were terrible because she was trying to make it too universal. Yeah. And the, the as soon as she learned that people experienced the songs, the more detailed that she was about her specifics, the more people related to it. Yeah. I think it's just because you've, what you've hooked into is the emotion driving it. And it doesn't matter what the specifics were. Mm-hmm. If you can... Uh, if you
0: harness that emotion, then, because yeah. everybody knows the emotion. So that's the connecting point, yeah. It's an interesting life yeah. in many ways. And uh, glad to be a part of it. Glad to be a part of the team here at the Treehouse. Well, and the thing that's
1: so wonderful about the, uh, for me, for Saturday mornings, is that whatever music we're going to listen to, we listen to more than just the chosen song. And this morning, I wanted to play Bill this other song than the one that we were going to choose, which was the one that Judy sang, Useless Useless Desires, Desires, which I just... uh, I The thought I had when I first heard useless desires, it's it's almost like Keening at a funeral, you know mm-hmm. that there's just this this heart-wrenching oh, a Sound that she gets to her voice that is uh, Just like keening and As I was listening to that and then I went on to other songs I heard this incredibly uh, well-constructed song that I even looked up because I didn't think it was by her because of uh, a seems reference to it. seems to, 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 to be
0: a, sung from a male perspective. It
1: seemed, uh, mainly because it says something about a, a tiny hand. Slipping and the ring on it. So I was thinking... That's kind of. I uh, immediately I thought, wait a minute, <laughs> a man has a tiny hand. So I looked it up, and it actually was Patty Griffin who wrote the song. Hmm. So I looked it up in the song facts, and it says uh, Patty Griffin wrote this emotional song, which became big hit among her fans. Throughout the song, it is never made clear if it is the man or woman singing the words. It sort of hints that it is from the man's perspective, but the ambiguousness of the song is also what makes it up for the listeners interpretation. The line one day I took your tiny hand also seems to make sense only from a man. This appeared on Griffin's third album A Thousand Kisses which was released on Dave Matthews record label. It was her first album to chart reaching number 101 in the US and earning Griffin accolades for her vocal range and songwriting skills. I bought a guitar in Nashville in 1995, was sitting in my former manager's kitchen, and it came right out of my guitar, Griffin told New Country TV when referring to this song. And as I was listening to it, I thought, oh my god, this... I'd never really thought as much about the fact that something is so incredibly constructed, except for your song, Comfort. I've always thought that that was an incredibly constructed short story. And The Long Ride Home, which is the name of the song, I thought was an incredibly constructed short story. And everything about what Patti Griffin does in her music as we mentioned before, the production, her voice, the instrumentation, it just all comes into play to highlight this incredible short story.
0: Yep, it's really well done.
1: Enjoy.
3: Goodbye to the old street that never cared much for you anyway the different colored doorways you thought would let you in one day Goodbye to the old bus stop, frozen and waiting Weekend edition has this town way over fall green the grass is turned to straw a flock of birds tries to fly away from where you are goodbye 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 old friend I can't make you stay I can't spend limousine Shiniest car I've ever seen Backseat is nice and clean She rises quiet as a dream Someone dug a hole six long feet in the ground I said goodbye to you threw my roses down ain't nothing left at all in the end of being proud with me riding in this car and you flying through them clouds I've had some time to think about it and watch the sun sink like a stone. I've had some time to think about you on the lawn I took your tiny hand Put your finger in the wedding band Daddy gave you a piece of land we made ourselves the best of plans Forty years go by with someone laying in your bed Forty years of things you say you wish you never said How hard would it have been to say some kinder words instead? I wonder as I stare up at the sky turning red. I've had some time to think about and watch the sun sink like a storm. I've had some time to think about you all along.